Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. <laughs> All right. How's everything? Uh, we're episode 53, a uh, little bit more than a year's worth. You know, if you uh, have a year, you can listen to us once a week and uh, try to get caught up. I don't know. I guess you have to listen to us twice a week for the next year to get totally caught up as we drop new ones weekly. Um, how you doing, man? Things are good? good? Yeah, yeah. Good. Have yeah. you noticed? I, uh, <laughs> I saw this. So, you know, the age old debate of the of this of the staunch early day fish fans 1.0 is the only point and all this other stuff um have you noticed there is a group that's clinged on to this current summer tour saying that the first few shows are the best they've already lost their way i'm only gonna let like that the there was a turning point on deer creek night two have you seen that post have you seen anything about that a lot of people feeling that came out of the gate really strong and are now you know not the same fish they were even three weeks ago <laughs> it's ridiculous no. no okay i mean okay 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 because i can always i can always see what they're talking about it's true mm-hmm. and yet my response is always kind of the same it's true but who cares <laughs> well that's everything that we're talking about who cares i mean really but um no, I'll, read the, I'll read the post here because here's the thing who cares if fish stop playing everybody would care okay we care, right but the fact that like you know there hasn't been any second set you know absolute there hasn't been a blaze on or a simple that's just killed everything in the second set <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, we'll talk a little bit about the gorge from this past weekend but i'll quickly read this post um deer creek night one is the apex of 2021 summer tour is the name of the post Hershey Night 2 did have some great jams, but it seems ever since Deer Creek Night 1, the band has had a tough time finding their groove over an entire show. Looking back on the top jams of 2021, they've all come from the first two weeks. Deer Creek Simple, Alpharetta Tweezer, uh, Deer Creek Blazon, Alpharetta Chalk Dust, and then the Bama Carini slash Deer Creek, everything's right. Not sure what to make of it, just a bit surprised this tour has been so heavily front-loaded. Here's to hoping the boys find their groove going into Shoreline and Dick's. And there's another comment underneath it. I've listened to the entire tour and something definitely shifted starting with Deer Creek Night 3. Prior to that night, every show had multiple extended stunning jams in that new spacey synth style. But but during the second set of of Deer Creek Night 3, they moved into the puzzle set format that seems to have kind of taken over. It's still excellent 4.0 fish throughout the tour, but seems weird that things suddenly change somehow. What's the puzzle format? I'm thinking um, the only thing I can really uh, hypothesize in that is that it's just sort of random. So it's a bunch of like, it's not, there's no flow or theme to it. It's just throwing songs at the set, I think. Like the flow hasn't been the same as a general feeling. So it's interesting. I don't know how it goes for you. I wasn't in that headspace at all or thinking about that at all, but I have been going back through in conjunction to listening to the new ones. I kind of used that 12 day break to re-listen, but I didn't get caught up on the re-listen part, which was really dumb of me because now I've, I've found myself juggling 
like last night's show, for example, finishing that and switching over to a show from two weeks ago and confusing about which one I'm listening to, um, which is which is probably not the best way to do it. But there was, um, I don't know, they came out of the gate super strong. I don't think many people expected to have these 30 minute jams over the course of the first, what, two out of the first, or sorry, three or four of the first five shows we had that, and then not since. And there's also been, you know, some noticeably absent big songs. Even this past weekend, thinking about The Gorge, when you think about the big, big fish songs, Divided Sky was really the only one that kind of made it. No Fluffhead, no Tweezer, no David Bowie, no, you know, and even looking at those sets, they were great. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were awesome to look at them on paper. They just doesn't have all that stuff. So, but that's one of the things we love about them. We talked about that. They do what they want. And so what, you know, to, to close, um, it wasn't the closer of the night, but to close the second set of the three night gorge run with, I always wanted it this way. It was like, okay, this is what we're doing. All right. Love the song but it just it didn't seem to fit as well. What do you think? Uh, that's a great question. So, and I was just, I was journaling about this the other day. I've noticed that uh, as a parent, I'm at my worst when I have expectations versus when I'm just enjoying the time with my children. I think the disappointment around this comes from you expect these monster jams versus I'm going to show up, I'm going to be, present and I'm going to let this create the narrative for what's happening in my life right now mm -hmm. the level of open-mindedness and just yeah. really you're talking about the power of now just being in the now and whatever happens yeah because I've listened I'm, I still have I still have the last night of the gorge to listen to okay uh, but oh, I've sorry I ruined the I was wanted it this way <laughs> okay because it, it doesn't matter I mean it I'm I'm, I'm over that like but I don't know, man, it, I, I get where people are coming from. I get being disappointed and not hearing like your favorite songs and then like jamming for half an hour. But I don't know, man, that one night where I can't remember what opened the second set, but it turned into uh, what's the use. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just blown away. I was like, this is incredible, man. And it was just so peaceful and so beautiful. And I don't know, you know, I. I, I it was night one of the gorge. Yeah, it was Friday night. We opened it with Sigma Oasis. Um, yes, big oasis into and I and I just remember thinking I was like like it was just the my day was really hectic and just a whole bunch of shit happened and not all of it was awesome and just a lot of stress and then I heard that I was like it's perfect it's so perfect man it's a relief right yeah you know so I don't know man my advice I think to people is just I get you're disappointed but less time expecting and more time just enjoying. Yeah, and I guess coming back to expectations, if you're obviously a fan and you're not. Um, going to be going to any shows until they head up to the northeast coast and you're watching the early the early shows and they were great especially after that long break and what our expectations were and all that stuff that went into it to see the jams the way they were you'd, you'd, you'd want to see that when you when you go into hershey when you go into um friggin what was after hershey atlantic city right and they were great well i mean they were awesome you know? oh. Like to say, like, I don't know, man, say Atlantic City was a letdown. That's no, I don't think anyone's saying that. It just seems to be that it, uh, the, the feeling is that they came out of the gate super strong and haven't been able to maintain that, that level since then. Yeah, no, I, I and again, I, I can definitely relate to, to what people are saying, but I'm also just like, I don't know, man, like, it's why you go, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not the same every time. Like, when you, you know, I thought it was cool. Um, 
Friday night. And as soon as they started playing it, I was like, of course they're playing a Rolling Stones song. Charlie Watts just died. Even though we thought it was obvious that they were going to play um, the ZZ wow. Top song the, the first day of the tour. Uh, yeah. But uh, um, yeah, I was like, okay. And then um, when I looked at the, I think the, for the best night of the Gorge was the first night. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. There were some winners. There were some winners from from night two that were really uh, that were really enjoyable. But yeah, I liked night one better too. Yeah, split open and melt. Like especially with that intro. Especially with that intro, right? When he called out, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Fisher when he got called out on split open and melt. But he played the fucking. Well, well, so from what I remember, Trey said melt, and then Fish thought he said melt. Started it and then stopped it pretty quickly. And then they were like, what? He goes, oh, I thought you said melt. And she was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, what? I don't know what's what's going on here. Like, right. You know, but all it takes in that band, and, you know, the more that I see them on uh, on couch tour, um, the little nods, the little eye flashes, the little things that they do to communicate to each other, I think there was a miscommunication just in that moment. And there's been a few of those, right? Hey, what key is this song in? And, oh, yeah, or those kinds of comments. It's the humility. It's the whatever. The the comfortability be up there and to kind of throw caution to the wind like that, I think is awesome, but um, all good. Um, Camel walk was, uh, was a really, really good one. Right, like, so that's what I get. Like you're, we're naming these songs and you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, you're going to see the fish from Vermont and, and you just, it's, I think your point expectations really comes back to that i'll see i'll see fish in any form like they could play contact 20 times in a row and it wouldn't be my favorite show but i you know yeah no no that's man that's got to be it you know i think there's um i think the time away and 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 how hard it is and how expensive it is to get to these shows i think sometimes there's like this you know oh they got to make this one like uh an all-timer you're not gonna get an all-timer every show that's why they're all-timers yeah yeah, it's like games and sports or races and F1, right? Not everyone is going to be uh, essentially rained out and farcical and a joke. Look, look at what you just talked about. You talked about like all the miscues and, and, and like there's a miscue, hundreds of them. When you really pay attention, the more you know, there's a million of them every show. So to put together some of the things that they have, like that's an achievement, you know, that's not that, it, it, I think we, we forget how, incredible it is that that even happens mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to quickly want to come back to that split open and melt listen to a little bit of that let's see here uh... i love that you oh, of course it's queued up at the beginning of the song when we start it correctly instead of in leaves when it'll be a I took, I took. <laughs> you did you can't oh, wow. do that and stop man <laughs> I can <laughs> no, I think I fish can. is scared of split open and mouths too scary
like, um, what a song. I mean, I wasn't necessarily planning on talking about that song, but I'm thinking about like, how was that song written? Where did it start? Was it, was it the bass line that Mike came up with and they went from there? Was it the riff that Fishman's playing? Like to think of just, just those 30 seconds, what we heard to the layman listener that doesn't know that song, it sounds like chaos and everyone's, I don't know. Like and that's just what another one of those songs that comes up in the run of a show. And you're like, fuck yeah, man, split open and melt. From what I gathered, because it's composed, I think Trey wrote all the pieces. I think, I'm sure the guys had like their input, but it the uh, all of the structure came from Trey. It's interesting. I'm reminded of um, when I, I was. It was one of the podcasts uh, when uh, Trey was talking about charting that song, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but I think it was after the fact they charted it later for Jeff Tansky to be able to learn it and play it and all that stuff for Beacon Champs, perhaps, and. Um, yeah, there's uh, if you if you had watched uh, uh, Sunday night, I'd play another one for you, but I don't want to ruin it. There's um, there's a great there's a great Fishman moment where he's got the, the the other three just cracking up in the middle of a song, and it, it's it's awesome. So you, I don't want to ruin it for you, so you got to watch that. Um, I think you only have until tonight, tomorrow night to watch it, and we're back in Shoreline tonight. Like I do, it's. It's crazy. My wife is so pissed. She's like, I can't believe we can't watch this whenever we're like, we had the same conversation that you and I had a couple weeks ago, like when we were starting. Yeah. And she's like, I want to watch this in five days. Why I'm paying, I can't watch it in five days. You know? Yeah, it does seem kind of silly. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, you wanted to talk about free? Yes. Which, okay. Which has been a big song this tour. I mean, I, I there's a few songs. Maybe we'll come back to that. But free has definitely been one of them that's been played quite frequently. Yeah. So one of the cool things that's been happening is we're always I'm always pushing um, the drummer in our band's a big fish fan. So we're always pushing the bass player and whoever else is going to play with us to play fish songs. Right. They're number one. I I don't I want to sound like me but I think learning fish songs is incredible because they're really challenging to play and you have to be a really good musician to be able to pull it off, especially live. So free came up because it's playable. It's reasonable. You can make it sound okay. And you don't have to learn it. Like, you know, it's not split open and melt where like, if you don't get the parts right, it sounds like a complete shit show. Like when we're trying to learn David Bowie. Okay. When they play free now, not when like the nineties, when like it would get all like all dissonant and crazy, but what's happening now during the jam is Trey will play like, you know, D, da -da -da, da -da -da -da, and then it'll switch halfway and he'll play an augmented fifth, which is a B flat in, 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 in B, sorry, in D, like that. Da -bum -bum. And if you, and it's interesting, it was interesting because you have to, you learn how people listen or don't listen or the way that they specifically listen to music. When you listen to the Brooklyn version of the song, which is the one that we're trying to learn, it's hard to hear the change. Like you don't actually hear, because what will happen is, is, is uh, Fishman has a little part where he plays like uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a drum thing. And then the boys play, like it's just, there's a part where they're, it's Trey and Mike. And then they'll come in and they'll play that part where it goes from D to B flat. And I'm like, Anthony, you have to, you'll feel the change. You won't necessarily hear it. You'll just feel that something's different. And he came back and he was like, I totally felt it, man. That was so cool. Hmm. Right? He, he just knew where it was going to go based on the momentum of the song, like not knowing it that well, you mean? That something was different. And it was like a palpable excitement that you could feel that something was different about the song. 
right? It's only through studying it that you're like, oh, this is what they're doing, right? But it's just interesting how, you know, if you don't know what you're necessarily listening for, a change happens, you feel the emotion of the change, right? You know that it's cool. You're like, fuck, I don't know what, something sounds different about this. There's, cause it's a weird note, right? Like D to, D to, D to B flat is, that's an augmented fifth, but it's lower. I'll have to get the guitar out and I'll play it for you after. It just, it's weird. It, it, it's totally weird. It's not something, I mean, it's everything in music's been done before, but it's not something that's been typically done before. So it just sounds really cool. It was neat to hear him say that, you know, to be like, I, like I felt it, I felt it instead of like, oh, I, I heard it. Right. And how well does he know Fish? Not really well, like yeah. other than us being like, hey, learn this song, <laughs> learn this song. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't listen. He doesn't know to listen to live shows. Mm. Mm. It's really interesting, you know, how like that caught him. And, and, and you can see the excitement because again, like all the rest of us, the other music hasn't done that before. Right. Right. And then like you hear another song, you're like, oh my God, this is the same emotion. Mm. Well, it's pretty neat. Um, and I would imagine that would sort of fuel him to want to do more fish songs or, or we'll yeah. see. Yeah. You're right. But like, that's the first one. So we do uh, like sample in a jar. We've toyed with like David Bowie. You know, that was really, really hard. We've played with a bunch of them, but that was really the first one where he was like, I like this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. And I, I think before, um, well, I know before you played me yeah, way back in the late nineties, early two thousands, whenever that was, got to be 99, uh, maybe early 2000. Um, the only other song I had heard was free. It was the only other one that I, it was the only song that had been on the radio. My first summer job working in a party rental place in a back where I was cleaning up barbecues that had been rented over the weekend or cotton candy machines. I had FM 96 playing, which was, you know, all the mid nineties alternative rock. Some Dave Matthews in there, blues traveler, but a lot of collective soul and gin blossoms and Nirvana and Soundgarden and all those bands. And uh, I didn't know fish from anything, but when I started to get into them, in the early 2000s and I bought Billy Breeze and it opens with free I was like oh this is the single I actually know this song yeah. so it's been interesting for me because when I've uh, you know gotten back on the train it's still one of those songs that kind of I go oh yeah this is the only one that I really really knew but it would also be their quote popular song much like Sample in a Jar or uh, Bouncing Around the Room Yet my perspective on that song has changed quite a bit um, without spoiling. Sorry, they played it on night three of the Gorge. I literally watched it last night because I was a day behind. They started playing and I was like, yeah. And I was thinking about my experience with that song, how long I've known it and how my perspective on it has changed. And now it's just another fish song. I don't think of it as a radio tune or a hit, but it is a more popular song. I think fourth or fifth time they played it this tour, right? That's one that's been, I mean, given the lyrics and given the, the state of the world that we're in and playing shows again, I can see why. Um, but yeah, it's, it's evolved and changed. Great song. Great song like that. You don't always nail the harmony, but great song. Yeah. So, it, it, and, and again, it, it, when you listen to the studio recording of the song, like none of the best parts of the song are in it. Right. You know, like the part that makes people go, Oh, this song is awesome. That does not exist really in the song mm -hmm. i'm floating in the blimp a lot i feel the feeling i forgot swimming weightless in the womb bouncing gently around the room in a minute i'll be free 
and will be splashing in the sea. I feel no curiosity. I see the path ahead of me. In a minute, I'll be free and we'll be splashing in the sea. We hear a tiny cry as the ship goes sliding by, free. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. That's awesome, man. That's the attitude people have to have when they show up at the shows. Yeah, feeling the feeling I forgot. And to hear the, hear the response from the crowd. And, and, you know, that's another thing. Those little uh, lyrics and those little um, things that are peppered throughout a show that get the reaction because it, it really hits home with people. You know, um, the Lion Sigma Oasis, take off, take off your masks. People are cheering, even though <laughs> people are wearing masks and COVID's still going. Um, uh, cavern. <laughs> Same one, Susie then removed her mask. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's really great, right? Another, another one of those reasons why we love the band. There's just these little, these little details that we get to hone in on, which is awesome. Um, when, uh, another thing that we can talk about too, uh, is we talked about, I forget when, about one of the things that's awesome about this band is they have these songs that we can chase. You know, people go to shows and they're chasing down a certain song. And somebody uh, posted, uh, username, pretty cool. You enjoy Dark Star. Uh, my hands and feet have never been mangoes. God damn it. Missed another mango song. My long lost white whale. Only one ever on the West Coast, 94 at UCSB. My alma mater two years ago before I was there. Missed by one night in 2019 when I caught my only East Coast show at Camden. Three times played at the Gorge, which by default, I guess I have to go next time. Uh, is it too much to ask for a California mango song? Chances at Shoreline are slim, but maybe October in Sacramento, San Fran, or maybe Vegas. Don't get me started on Life Boy. Fish, throw me a lifeline, will you? The journey is the prize. Um, and a lot of people talking about chasing. I've been chasing this song and this song, and um, really, really cool. You know, it's it's uh, 38 shows in, still waiting on uh, mango song. Another person, somebody chasing lizards, uh, chasing cavern. You know, it's uh, what what would be your chaser? What's the one that you would want to? The rarity that you'd be going for. I think lately it's been what's the use. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. <laughs> it's it's good. funny. I don't have, it's been, I don't have that song that I need to hear. I don't think of it like that anymore. Like I really don't think of it like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There isn't one that make you go like, Holy crap. No, I don't know. I think so. Every, every, every show, I think this happens every show. They always play a song that is not my favorite. Right. And I'm like, ah, uh, kind of killing it here a little bit and it always ends up being awesome you know you're always like god damn it that was good yeah yeah i agree with you i i mean yeah stuff we've always said before like i get into it and you get going and the jam gets going and you don't know where it's going to go on before and what song do you want to hear what's your what's your chaser i was thinking about my answer when i asked you and i'm thinking here i guess there's a few that kind of stick out in my mind and I would say um, lizards is one that I that immediately I I think of, um, but I'd want something pretty rare that's that doesn't that isn't played that often like a once a year thing like I think it'd be kind of neat although wouldn't necessarily move me to see like an acapella song to get a grind you know as you typically do towards the end of the tour and talk about how many days old they are, um, but if it's a song that's going to make me go fuck yeah like yeah it's probably Karini. <laughs> you're not chasing any songs man to to, for, to to your reasoning to be 
Oh, I just want it to be rare for the sake of rare. You're hipster territory now, pal. Yeah, I guess maybe I am. Because I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a feeling of like, oh, like I was there when that thing happened. It's more about that and experiencing it in the moment. And so I think, yeah, to grab me musically, it's probably going to be like, like a, like, like a set opening Karini, a punch you in the eye, maybe. Because um, I think that would just really get me fired up. I, I wanted to be at the opener uh, for night one of Hershey with that first two. That's still like, I, I think I can't wait to listen to that again. Um, Rainy sounded pretty awesome when they opened the gorge. Like uh, the, that was awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good Karini. Really, really good. A mm, mm, mm. sounds so much like Zeppelin in my opinion, but. Um, Karini does? Karini. Yeah. Sounds like a Zeppelin riff. Don't you think so? Well, it, it's cashmere a little bit. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Cashmere has the that that same. By the way, that uh, that's the augmented fifth. That that dissonant. Okay. That's the that's the sound of the augmented fifth when you play with the root together. Okay. Yeah. Kind of a different language for me, but I think I know what you're saying. I'll have to after we get off the call. I'll get the guitar. I'll play it for you so you can hear it. You don't want to do it on here. Or would it just take too long or just take me a while to, to go in the back and I don't know if you'll be able to, people will be able to hear it, but yeah, I mean, for next time, if you want me to play something, just like cue me up and I'd be more than happy to like hot cross buns to play, you know, row, row, row your boat or hot cross buns or La Bamba or any of that stuff. La Bamba. Mm-hmm. Richie balance. eh? Yeah. very good. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing that I saw that I, it was just sort of funny is, um, um, people talking about some of their experiences at the gorge because they're camping right so you're there a couple nights maybe three nights and just the shit that goes on in the campgrounds and what they're what they're dealing with so there's a few funny stories on here um a buddy of mine saw a dude down in the toilet in 2013 so i bet other people have some crazy experiences too someone i was camping to next someone i was camping next to kept screaming that they wanted the meatballs over and over for a long time after a while a shirtless dude with a big belly walked up to him and said boys i'm sorry to disappoint i'm the meatball <laughs> i just that random shit um awesome. uh, this is really really cool this one here um i actually forgotten about this moment until bismarck he passed away a few weeks ago uh and several friends blew up my phone reminding me of it anyway i bought a fairly large bluetooth speaker uh uh, with me back in 2016 run i asked the staff about it on my way into the venue uh, night one they said it was cool while we were sitting on the lawn gathering our marbles after night two i queued up a playlist for the walk to the camp uh this can get loud as fuck but i didn't want to be that guy so i kept it low enough that i wouldn't bother anyone biz Marquis, just a friend came on right as we got to the cattle call area where everything gets constricted by the tunnel my group starts singing along some rando next to me shows turn the shit up bro we need we need uh, walling music or wailing music. So I restarted the song and turned it all the way up. Pretty much everyone with an earshot started singing along immediately. And the people around them joined in and more and more people started singing. By the time we got to the final verse, there were thousands of people belting out, oh baby, you, you got what I need as we stepped through the tunnel. It was fucking hilarious. And I hope I created a fun memory for everyone around us. And then people reply, oh shit, I was there that year. Did you play Africa by Toto? Yep, that was me like to see that because that's so much a part of this community is that stuff that's part of why we go um this is a really funny one (laughs) 2009 we rolled up to our camping spot to find a woman arguing with a man about him stealing her three thousand dollars of work and he owed her five thousand dollars for it 
They wouldn't stop, so my friend tells them to lay off each other. The woman then comes up to my car and tries taking stuff out of my trunk and saying, how do you like it when someone steals from you? We just kind of blocked her from the car and nudged her away. The man is walking away at this point. The woman takes a glass beer bottle from the trash can and is walking toward the man about to hit him over the head with a bottle. My friend runs up and swipes the bottle from her just as she has it cocked back to swing. She goes full rage mode, screaming like a child, and just starts wailing her arms and wrestling the man to the ground. Then things got really weird, and the two of them start kind of wrestling with each other and having sex at the same time right there in the grass. Eventually, someone yells at them to knock it off, and they both leave. <laughs> so my question to you is, yeah. would you have swiped the bottle, or would you have let her hit him? I don't know, man. I don't like seeing people get hurt, especially if they're defenseless. Right. It's one thing if he's facing her and they're ready to go and she has it and he's like, okay, let's go. Then that's on him. But yeah. if he's walking away on his own and has no idea, dude, that could do some damage. Yeah. I, I interfered one time like that, trying to be a good Samaritan. Backfired. Uh, what's that? Did it backfire? Kind of. Yeah. What happened? What's that? What happened? I'm curious. <laughs> so I was it was when Rochelle was living at the university and we were just hanging out and I think I ended up falling asleep so I I hop in my car and uh late at night early in the morning kind of thing yeah like at two o'clock in the morning I'm driving back to my parents house and like all the bars are just letting out so it's like two o'clock I have to drive through downtown and I saw like uh someone like screaming in a car so I pull over and it's like this chick and this dude, and like she is like, you guys can't see me if you're watching, but she's like kicking him like with her heels, like in the face, like this, right? And like he like stumbles out of the car, and now he's all bleeding, and he starts screaming, I have AIDS, I have AIDS. What? I know, and the cops show up, and like I'm trying to help. It was just, it was, it was like a bum fight, pretty much. Mm. You know, for, in my opinion, and, and again, feel free to judge me, anyone that's listening, if you made it this far, but I don't know, man, like it's, I, I, I'm tended to just stay away from people's domestic abuse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't lie. I mean, I've lived in places where you hear stuff, right. And you hear people shouting and, and, and threats and dishes breaking and, oh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. You know, some people like to fight. It's different. Oh, clearly you've met enough people to know that some people actually like drama in their life. I think it's, I think it would be one thing if you were to see like somebody who was in actual distress, you know, and something bad was happening versus like, I don't know, man, just people that are together give off this vibe of like, you know, nobody wants to see a stranger or someone innocent get hurt, but like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I hear you. And you know, like I was in school and like the police showed up to like my house and like they wanted me to like be a witness and this and that. And my, my parents were like, he's in school, like in the States. You know, like it just followed me around for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a unique experience, right? It's, it's not something that you would expect to happen. Like I, you know, I've had stuff happen in, I guess, my life and career. And there's those events that like stick out. I've seen, you know, stuff break out in the stores that I've run and in the parking lots. I've seen like, like, oh, one of my favorite threads to visit on Reddit is the public freakout thread. It's where stuff happens, you know, where fights happen out in public. And I really started watching last year when, um, and feel how you want about masks or whatever, but just 
the drama that ensued after masks were made mandatory all over North America and the world and just seeing the, you know, <laughs> the Costco fights and the whatever. I, I don't know. I just, uh, I find it kind of fascinating yet. It's almost like looking at a human zoo. When I see that kind of stuff, I can like remove myself from that's not my reality. That's not what I have to deal with every day, but it's, it's so common out there that those kinds of skirmishes. It's, um, Yes, it's really, you know, it, it just goes to show you how emotional people are. And when, um, you know, you, you hype up people's emotions, what they're capable of doing. Because I bet you a lot of the people in those freak out, I, I bet you there were reasonable people that have just like the, the amount of, especially during, this is like a, a big human experiment in one way, because like the amount of rational, calm people that I respect that have said the most ridiculous thing that i have ever heard during the last year and a half yeah like i'm almost numb to it now it's almost like on the daily mm -hmm. yeah i hear you um you know, know. Not that I've, yeah i so many conversations and i you know and i'm not going to engage in in debate with people i just don't have the time and energy for it i just when i hear certain things i just kind of raise my eyebrows and like i i'm not going to try to change your way of thinking if you're somebody who's really close to me that i care about and luckily i haven't really had that yet it's more acquaintances and people that i know but yeah this thing's changed everybody i, I was listening to no simple road again the other day aaron put up just a quick little 20 minute um episode uh last thursday when everybody was driving up to the gorge and uh he he said you know whether you whether you know it or not we're all different going through this like we're all a little bit different um some more than others some have been impacted more than others and it's it's uh yeah there won't be another new normal or whatever you want to call it it's just yeah it's too bad well, I mean, even on even on that part of it is you know part of it is you're processing grief you're you know people have had like their lives ruined by this virus their lives ruined because of the response to this virus like mm -hmm have seen some shit man i'm more curious at what makes people act like that versus their response you know like if 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 you cage up any of us or or not even caging us up if you make us feel restricted or scared enough we all yeah i remember one of the most powerful one of the most powerful lines i ever heard of. we took care of a a jail guard he works at the at the jail right and i was like hey man um you know i was like hey what's the What's it like? What's it like working with, with, with those people? Mm -hmm. like, Listen, man, he's like, I tell myself every day when I walk through that door that I am one bad decision away from being in here and not working in here. He goes, and it makes you really understand that, you know, to get off your high horse and be like, mm. people were just placed in a, in a position where, you know, they probably weren't taught the best coping mechanisms or the best skills, and they were just pushed hard enough to, to act like how we would all act. Yeah, wow. That's really insightful. Yeah, it was really insightful. It's always stuck with me, right? So I think that's when, like, I see, I see the, the people that I respect reacting like a bunch of caged animals. I think to myself, that's because that's how they feel. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you say that. Like, I think about on a different scale in my line of work, um, like I'm the boss of the store that I'm in, and I deal with a lot of different things. And sometimes um, I have the perspective that if somebody has an issue, they're talking about it, 
it's real to them. It might not be important to me. It might seem fickle or, um, you know, not that important, but they care about it. It's their reality. And, you know, the term it's their truth or whatever it is. And I think, yeah, we're so, we're so quick to judge instead of just trying to understand. Right. And, and, um, yeah, buddy, nobody has ever, you know, the, the amount of times that I've been responsible for somebody's bad day or something bad happening to somebody is very, very minimal. Mm -hmm. The shit that I've eaten from other people mm -hmm. has been, you know, low to fair. Mm -hmm. And all that means is I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I just happened to be that person in that moment. Right. Hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. how I look at it. That's how I look at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like when I'm short with somebody or when I'm not pleasant, just because of something's happened to me and I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. hmm. You know, we say it every week. If, if anyone's still listening. <laughs> It's kind of, we, we kind of have a flow, you know, we kind of talk about fish and what's going on and we get on this, this tangent. There's like always like this life lesson at the end of the podcast. But, but I guess, you know, without being too cheesy, like fish is life. It's such a, it's, there's so much within that band and, and there's so many things to talk about. And but here's the thing, the same, dude, the same emotions that we just applied are the same things to the guy that like got there, had this massive expectation for like what this show was going to be like. They showed up, they played wonderfully, but because it didn't meet his expectations, now he's like, well, that's shit. That's not Alfreda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I, I, I can't imagine going to any one of those shows and really feeling that let down. Like they're, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, listen, now you've heard enough shows to, to, to go back to the, and I'm sure you have, to the Toronto show that we went to, mm -hmm. you know, not an outstanding show by any means of the imagination. Like nothing memorable happened. Right. Yet, you know, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 I guess you're right. You know, all of all of that stuff. It all depends on the timing, where you're at, the company you're with, the oh, man. you know, the tickles your ear clit in the right way. <laughs> you have to There you go. All right, so we've got what? We've got uh, Shoreline two nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, to, to finish off August and kick off September. And then we're into uh, Labor Day weekend this weekend. we got the Dicks run. And then a bit of a break, about a month and a half off until fall tour. So hopefully that'll give us enough time to really, um, really see if Deer Creek night one was the TSN turning point. I don't know. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, um, I, I, think, I think at this point you can definitely make I think you can definitely make that statement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything um, heading into the last weekend? I mean, I guess by the time we talk next Tuesday, we'll have finished uh, the summer run. Any 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 surprises you think we're in for? Anything you might bust out that you haven't done yet? Still no Julius, I don't I, think, I, right? I'm Julius, I'm like, who's the moron? Still no Gaiuti. I know. Um, spoiler, they don't play it on night three of the Gorge. Uh, uh, only one David Bowie. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, no curtain width, just a curtain. Um, hmm. <laughs> what's been um, what's been your most like unexpected surprise? Where you're like, wow, this is I can't believe they're doing this, and, and it's really good or it's really cool. Like, I haven't had any. I can't believe they're doing this. Like what? They're playing this? I haven't had that yet. Um, 
Um, first thing that comes to mind, I was kind of playing it for you last week, is Beneath the Sea of Stars. Oh, it, 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 it's not a typical song I would normally gravitate to, but when I when I watched the Atlantic City version of it, and it was just, yeah, it just sort of grabbed me. I thought that was really, really good. Um, you called it out, What's the Use? Um, has been, that was awesome. And um, About to Run. I Like I said it, I think, in one of our first 10 episodes, every time I hear About to Run, I don't know. It, it, I don't think about me in that song. I think about people that are close to me and the things that they're going through. And I, I emotionally connect to that song. And uh, yeah, and I, I said it in the early episodes when he gets in the chorus and he's the second time he says burning. Every time I just, it gives me chills. I fucking love that song. It's uh now has it connected because it's the response that people have had in your life no it's it's nobody uh, like i don't I've, i haven't pushed that song on anybody i think about to no, 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 i mean sorry i should have been more clear not pushing the song but the um the way that certain people in your life it does it describe certain people in your life is that what is that the emotional attachment to that song yes i would say so okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna get the lyrics right here so for me, while you're loading up the lyrics, the yeah. by far the biggest surprise, and it was such a pleasant surprise, was uh, "Lonely Trip." Yeah, you know what? I was I was gonna say that as well. Um, you played it. Yeah. Like, oh man, this fits so well, and it sounds so good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, great little tune. So I've got "About to Run" in front of me, and it's funny. I I, I don't think of it as a lyric, like so many different lyrics, but there are. I'm about to run. That old familiar feeling trapped and haunted the noose around my neck regrets maybe it's not too late i'm about to run forgive me in flight i can turn away exhale the the memories a little bit lighter the wounds the fever the wrong was long ago wrong was long ago liar liar i'm about to run uh sometimes the ghost is quiet but the ghost is always there and it seems no matter how far i go he goes with me sitting on the floor thinking, breathing, bleeding, burning. I'm about to run. Like, it's dark. It's really, really dark. Um, and yeah, it's, it's um, but it puts me in that space. And I think about, quite honestly, I don't think you'll hear it. Well, two people, I think about my brothers. Yeah. You know, think about my little brother, what he went through and, you know, how tortured he was and his ultimate demise and i think about my older brother and what he's struggling with like it it just connects me to it so yeah and it's and it sounds great on top of that so great stuff yeah it's interesting it's um and i've always i've always taken it this way you know um run doesn't necessarily mean like run away run can be like metaphorical for like disconnect yeah yeah that's what i think about right he's not like um yeah anyway but it's just yeah that's one that every time it just sinks a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and it really really gets me going um i'm trying to think of the song you're gonna listen to it tonight but there was visually uh um, if you say spoiler alert one more time i'm fucking driving because no, i can't remember the the song for the life of me but it's a really good example and i know you're gonna watch it of how good chris Carota is at setting the mood um yeah. And that light rig is just fascinating. One of my favorite things that he does, 
is he brings all the lights way down and almost creates a ceiling right above the band when yeah. it's dark and you don't see anything else. And if you were just to turn it on, you would think that playing on a little stage in a little club based on those lights, it looks like a ceiling. Yeah. And they were playing a song on Night Through the Gorge. I forget what it was. And it had a very dark sound and the lighting was dark. Like it was like a dark red and it had this very, and the way the crowd was moving, it was very like caveman-like. Check oh. that out. It was, um, oh, you, will. you know, the range of emotions that he'll take you through in the run of a show. I was thinking about that when I was watching Night 3. Like I was really kind of focusing on that stuff and it's funny, it's it's funny that you bring that up because Rochelle we were watching set two from night two last night and she's like it's crazy she goes it's crazy how when the lights change it makes that massive stage feel completely different yeah. than, than what it actually is like because he's going from lights that are you know 15 feet off the ground to what looks to be 50 to 60 40 you know and like he did this really, really cool one the other night. And again, I forget what song it was where, cause he's got all these trusses that he can move any which angle, right? Yeah. So he basically, it looked like, like, like a sunbeam it was coming out from the middle, like this big spark and just, and just these waves of lights going over the jam. And you could just see people like, holy fuck, like just tripping balls, watching it, tasting the colors, you know? Yeah. You know, hearing hearing the flapping of the bumblebees in the forest that you could see it. It was just just wild. So yeah, that was a good set actually. Night two, sand into down with disease, Prince Caspian, uh, mountains in the mist, the sense and subtle sounds. A really good version there. Bug. Oh my god, I listened to that bug in the car with Grace, and we were yelling it out the other day. Um, yeah. Ugh. so i'm excited for tonight i'll be watching tonight very late i'll be home around midnight and i'll uh be able to take that in and i guess yeah tomorrow night i'll have to watch on time too too much no that's not the right word there's a lot to take in let's just say that yeah yeah not yeah. too much never too much yeah as long as they give us a break every couple of days i can get caught up <laughs> yes they definitely have your best interests in mind but they, know. they understand <laughs> they get it well, I think that's enough for one week. We keep uh, we keep getting longer and longer. I'm gonna have to start editing these things. No way, man! It's not good. It would be interesting to see. I, I don't know if we can see the analytics about about how what what our average listen length is. It's something you can see on YouTube. You can see how far people go into the video. Like, I wonder if if, if we have listeners that stick to the end. The it's it it goes like this. <laughs> it's a steep curve, huh? Oh, if yeah. you take if you were to take Joe Rogan's podcast, it's the right. same thing, man. Yeah, he just has way more listeners than my mom and your mom. You know? Yeah, yeah. My mom wouldn't even know how to load a podcast to save her life. I think she kind of has a rough idea of what it is. Yeah, neither would my. I don't know, and it's it's funny because it's a medium that's booming like booming like big companies are getting involved with podcasting and throwing big money at celebrities for podcasts now that was that wasn't even a thing a year or two ago yeah. you know like i don't know if you know about the smart list podcast do you know anything about that yeah. so smart list is jason bateman uh will arnett okay and uh sean hayes from will and grace yep i guess the three of them are good buddies and they started this podcast they have like celebrities on they do weeklies they sign an exclusive with amazon for 80 million dollars i forget how many years 
for three guys to get in a room and talk to celebrity friends. And, and they literally just talk. They, there's no agenda. They're just goofing around. It's not because of that. It's because of the audience. Yeah. Well, that's it. They have influence. They have a big audience. They're able to advertise, get sponsors and all those other things, right? It's a business. It's a business. It's a money generator. It's advertising. I get all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, who would have thought, you know, five years ago when I was listening to Howard Stern a lot, he shat on podcasts all the time that, you know, it's not going to be a thing. It's not going to be a way for a broadcaster to make their career and all this other stuff. And a lot of the podcasts are outperforming him. Well, that just lacks, um, you know, coming from the guy that's syndicated, you know. Yeah, a visionary in that medium. He didn't. That, that just lacks, you know, that's the, uh, I can't believe we're going to talk about this. That's always the shit that pisses me off. You know, you got all these companies like Google who at the, they were so innovative and they did all these things differently and they created this new culture, you know, and they were shitting on the man, you know, damn the man, look at us, we're so innovative. And now they are the man. And they're protected and they're looking for government intervention to prevent people from entering the competition. And you're not, talking, you're not talking about baby boomers, are you? So you are. That's exactly who it is. Then and that's what these companies are becoming. Yep. You know, the stuff that kept the stuff that you built your back on, innovation and new. Now you don't want to do that anymore. Now you want to maintain the status quo because it suits you and your needs. Bullshit. <laughs> Show me you're good. That's another reason why I love fish because there's a ton of competition to fish now. There's lots of jam bands. Yeah. And people argue all the time. These guys are better. Umphreys is better. Goose is better. They're doing it better. They're younger. They got better energy. I can't disagree, mm. right? But you got to be sharp, man, because nobody's going to come protect your ass. Right. People think that goose is better than fish. Some people do. Yeah. It happens all the time, right? People are... You know, it's the same conversation. Oh, it's not 1.0 fish anymore. It's 3.0. I'd rather listen to Umphreys. Respect, man. You know, I can't argue with that. Umphreys is a fantastic band. Goose is a fantastic band. Every band that's a professional, dude, every professional musician is fantastic. Right. They're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sort of a, you know, anytime we're critical of anything, that's got to be like an underlying thing that people understand is that, you know, within the context of that level, I mean, I can't do anything close I hate saying that a band sucks. They don't suck. They just don't invoke in emotion in me. So I don't yeah. listen. Not for you. That's all. Right. It was, uh, I'll probably get it wrong, but um, I watched a Wilco documentary years ago and it had, I think his name is David Frick. At the time, he was the editor-in-chief of Rolling Stone magazine. And he's talking about music, about people getting it or not getting it. And um, he summed it up really, really well. And he almost kind of said, you know what? If you don't get it, it's just really too bad because it's, it's awesome to be able to get it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. But something, something for everybody, different strokes, different folks, whatever turns your butter. All right, my man, we just ticked over an hour on the total time. Um, well done. Well done. <laughs> Craziness. All right, buddy, have a good week. Enjoy the next five shows. Try to stay caught up and uh, yeah. Hey, see you, bud. See you, bye. You've been listening to Ticket to Game Hedge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHinge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.